Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 83. So I've recently been facilitating lots of trainings with museum teens about how to engage with teenagers. And so I've been thinking a lot about the best ways to work with teens. So today I'm sharing some tips and ideas for engaging with teenagers in the museum on your guided tours and programs. But before that, last week, I explored why you need to make the space and time for slow looking and then shared some ways you can do that in even the busiest of programs. Do go back and listen to episode 82 if you haven't yet and make slow looking a fundamental part of all your programs. And as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay, so let's get on with today's show. And our theme today is about engaging with teens. So here's a question for you to get started. What words come to mind when you hear the word teenager? or the word adolescence. So have a think about what your first thoughts are. Just sit and mull it over quietly. You don't need to share your thoughts with anyone, just think. And if you're able to, maybe you want to jot down some words that come up. Now, recent research has pointed out that many people have negative connotations for the word teenager and teens. There are a lot of misconceptions and stereotypes out there about what teens are and aren't and how they might behave. So what did you think when I asked that question? Because according to an article I read in Big Think, Our thoughts shape our attitude towards young people and in turn our attitude impacts the way we act towards teens and our actions influence how teens respond to us. So it's really worth taking some time first to think about what assumptions you might be holding about working with teens, especially if you're not hanging out regularly with them, or even if, like me, you have teens at home. I have three. Now, teens are viewed quite often as a challenging audience. Educators such as yourselves, you may feel apprehensive or even actively avoid working with teens for this reason. We might make assumptions about what certain kinds of teen behaviour means. It might mean disengagement, disinterest or disrespect. You may also think that perhaps you don't have the skill set to engage with this particular group. 
And it's worth understanding that yes, some of the behaviours we associate with teens do exist, but we need to see their behaviour in a developmental context. So let's look at it through the lens of development. For example, the structure of the teenage brain is different to that of adults. They're also a work in progress. Teenagers are literally undergoing a transformation. A huge amount of brain development is taking place during these years. So it might be worth thinking about how we can change our mindset to embrace the opportunities in working with teens, such as the ability to engage in complex and deep discussions, hearing fresh perspectives, voices and new ideas, asking deeper questions, improvising, co-creating and experimenting, all sorts of positive opportunities there. And so in this spirit of positivity, let's think about some of the ways that we might engage better with teens in the museum. So I'm going to start first by looking at the start of your programme, at the start of a guided tour or educational programme, and then we're going to move on to looking at what we could do during our programme. So let's look at the start first. So First, I really want you to think about imagining yourself in the shoes of a group of teens as they enter a museum. How at home do they feel? Do they feel that this is a place for them? Or perhaps they feel a bit intimidated? So there are many, many reasons why a group may be silent or defensive as they arrive. It could be a bad morning, an argument with a friend, or it could be that they just don't feel comfortable in the museum. And whether we like it or not, there are a huge number of people, not just teens, who are not comfortable visiting museums, who feel it's not for me. So how can we make our visitors in general, and specifically teens, feel more welcome? So this is where your introduction plays such an important role. And in episode 44, I talked about the elements of a great introduction. So take the time to connect yourself to your group with a great personal introduction. And this is the first stage of your four-step introduction. You introduce yourself. But whatever you do, be yourself. Don't try to be cool or whatever. Come across as your authentic and friendly self. And you can also share your enthusiasm, share your love for what you do and why you do it. Because enthusiasm as we know, is contagious. Now, after you've introduced yourself, it's perhaps also worth mentioning your role in the programme. And this will allow you to step away from being an expert with this group. Tell them that you're, guide, that you're their guide on the side. You're going to help them discover and find out things. Tell them that you're a connector between them and the art and that you're going to go on a shared learning experience together. Whatever you say, you, you're setting the tone for the programme and telling your group that they are along for the journey with you. They are involved and needed. 
Now, you want to take time to ask your group questions too. You want to establish a rapport with them at the start. So you want to find out who they are, what they already know, what they want to see. And you can use this information to personalise your programme. Now, these sorts of questions, closed questions, are quick and easy to answer. They give you information straight away and get the group warmed up a little for the main body of the program. You will yet definitely want to find out who they are, what they know and what they expect to see during this stage. And remember the rule, connection before content. Connect the group with you, the museum, the program and why they are there. And this will help you to create a warm and friendly space from the start. You want the group, especially with teens, to feel that this is an inclusive space and everyone is encouraged to participate. Now, you may also, in your introduction, want to create some positive guidelines at the start. You could even co-create these with your group if you want. And these are things like listening fully and respectfully to each other, not making assumptions about what others think or mean, making space for everyone to be heard, and all questions are good ones. These are all positive guidelines that you could share with your group, setting the tone and the expectation for how we will be together during the next 60 minutes or so. And having two or three guidelines like this that you can refer back to is really important during a program. It goes a long way towards creating an inclusive atmosphere and activating participation as well. So let's look at what might happen during your program with teens and think about how we might work in the best way possible to keep them engaged. So first, I want to talk a little bit about shared ownership. So as I talked about in your introduction, and you've already mentioned it, said what your role is, you want your group to be co-conspirators, co-contributors on your program. You want them to feel involved and included and allow space for them to explore their ideas. So this is all about creating a feeling of shared ownership. And this really helps to acknowledge your group of teens as individuals in their own right, with their own thoughts, ideas and opinions. So you might want to make statements to this effect, such as we're going to explore this artwork together and make it understood that their input is valued and significant. So get them involved from the start to signal this clearly. And you can start with a low-level observation activity. And this will essentially allow the group to warm up, getting used to you, the environment, and sharing what they see. Now, this feeling of shared ownership may also extend to you giving the group some choices and agency throughout the programme, perhaps asking them what they would like to look at or asking them to find an artwork or object to connect with one you've just discussed. 
Allow choice or different options to play a role in your program. And this will also ask you to be flexible too. So bear in mind that although you may have a plan for your program, it's okay to deviate from the plan at times too. And as with any museum program, you want to be making sure that you're asking plenty of open-ended questions, ones that invite lots of different answers. You want to support the group to make meaningful connections and interpretations based on their own thoughts, feelings, experiences and ideas. And these open-ended questions allow space for everyone to contribute. So limit your closed questions to your introduction, as we mentioned, or to checking in with your group, perhaps once or twice. And avoid recall questions that test whether the group has heard an earlier mentioned fact or has been listening to you. Because museums offer many learning opportunities, but they're in an informal and flexible way. It's less like school. And as such, you don't really want to be testing their knowledge in this way. You also want to ensure that you're listening carefully and acknowledging responses. So make sure that you've not only heard, but you've understood what's being said. And if someone in your group has taken the time and effort to respond to one of your questions, acknowledge it. And this can take the form of paraphrasing. So that's when you repeat what the person has said in your own words or restating which is when you repeat what they've said in the words they used, their own words, or summarising the points that have been made. If you haven't understood what someone has said, get clarification. Ask, can you clarify that last comment? I'm not sure that I understood what you were saying. Or check for understanding. And then after you've clarified, you're sure you've understood what's been said, you can then follow up. Could you say a little more about that? What do you see that makes you say that? Could you give us an example? How did you come to this view? Now, if you're sharing information, make it brief and clear. Choose an appropriate moment to share. So this could be when the discussion dries up, people are quiet, or if the group can't get any further with observation or in answer to a question from the group. Don't use jargon. Use clear, simple language to explain things. Overcomplicated language is really intimidating and it can close down a discussion. And don't be tempted to start lecturing. If you're sharing information, make it brief, a brief moment, a mini share if you like, and then go back to asking questions. Also, you want to think about reading your group. As you would with any group, you want to scan and observe for signs. And if you're careful and consistent at your observation, it will give you information and this information will help you to navigate the group. But, and this is particularly with teens, don't make assumptions about body language. It may not mean what you think. So someone with their arms crossed may not be fed up. Someone who never says anything may not be disengaged. 
Just because it looks as though someone has tuned out doesn't mean they they are. You don't actually know what's going on beneath the surface. You could find out, you could do regular check-ins with the group to see how they're feeling. Also, you want to think about employing a multimodal approach. So don't be predictable. Don't always default to asking the whole group questions. Try and mix it up a little and add variety. Try working in pairs or small groups. Use drawing as an observation exercise or writing. They can be writing on their own so that they can get their thoughts down on paper. Use a variety of different methods. And make time and space for slow looking. As I said last week, it's a great way to build focus, participation and fire up curiosity. And I think slow looking is a great way to create more interaction with teen groups. It doesn't make any one participant stand out more than the other. It creates that level playing field where everyone can participate And it will hopefully warm the group up for more challenging and deeper questions further into the discussion. Also talking about slow, don't be afraid to spend a little bit longer at each artwork or object either. I think less really is more. With teens, it will allow for deeper discussions and more complex conversations to happen. And you, if you're feeling nervous, you'll also start to relax a bit more if you schedule less into your program and focus on a few key objects. And finally, I think working with teams is a great opportunity to explore and discuss themes of global significance if you feel comfortable and confident. And I say this because discussing these themes does require more advanced facilitation skills. Museums are great spaces to have discussions about the big issues of our times, such as climate change, migration, the digital revolution, and so on. And teens, as we know, like to challenge adult views, and they're also deeply concerned about global issues, and they want to have the space to discuss them and understand different perspectives. So do make time and space if you're confident and comfortable to discuss these global issues too with teams. And if you'd like to hear more about facilitating meaningful discussions around more sensitive subjects, you can listen to episode 43. So that's it for today, all about working and engaging teens. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to hear how you get on. But before I go, don't forget my new guide, How to Look at Art Slowly. It has more than 30 different ways to look at art or objects in museums. And this guide is for anyone who's looking for new ways to engage with what they're seeing, whether you're visiting a museum on your own, with friends or family, or working with groups. Thank you for listening today. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. 
then you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.